Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. And what's with the hey, hey, hey? We never start out like that. Unlike you, I can change things up and do different things when I talk. I don't like it. Or live. Like, like it's it's allowed. <laughs> You're right. It is allowed. <laughs> Unlike you and your daughter, I don't want to eat the same thing every day for lunch. I don't want to get my hair cut the same way every time for 15 years. <laughs> I have switched it up the last, like, four times. Thank you very much. Yes, and you almost had an aneurysm the first time you did it. And? <laughs> I was like, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> so if I want to mix up the intro to the podcast, I feel okay doing that. You're right. You're right. You're right. Can we do something different? Next time we're like, hey, girl, hey, it's the board game mechanics. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> cash, cash me outside. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I have one student who, when she logs on to my online class, even if I'm like in the middle of like the beginning of my PowerPoint, she's like, hey, girl, hey, Miss, Miss Katie. <laughs> I'm like, hey. And I say her That's name because I know exactly who it is. Uh, let's say, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, it was hardly any different. I bet nobody else would have noticed that it wasn't the same way that I start, which I don't even remember how I start every time. Because I, I remember every time I go to start an episode, I want to say good evening because we record at night. And then I know that people who listen to it aren't necessarily going to hear it in the evening. And I don't remember if it drops in the evening or in the morning anymore. So <laughs> I always have that internal battle. <laughs> So whatever comes out is what comes out. It's okay. I'll tell you when you change it up. You'll know. <laughs> of course she will. <laughs> uh, I like to be spontaneous. Change isn't always a bad thing. Uh... <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not a question. I'm telling you, change is not always a bad thing. All right. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. Which, there's been a lot of change around here lately. We got snowed in. I don't know about the rest of you across this great nation of ours and Canada. Basically, we experienced Canada for like two or three days down here. Yeah, it's like it like snowed and all of our money changed colors. <laughs> well, our money- It was weird. And then we could only eat at Tim Hortons. It was odd. <laughs> but we could play ice hockey. We watched ice hockey. We did watch ice hockey because we like hockey, like good Canadians. Yeah, we are good Canadians, that's right. <laughs> you are a terrible Canadian. <laughs> I am a terrible Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a lot of snow here in Ohio. We probably, I don't know how many inches we got. It was mounded up outside our door, and our kids haven't been to school for forever. Just when they were getting back to going to school after the pandemic for a little bit, our kids have been stuck at home with us uh, some more. So, And then now they're calling for more snow in our area at the time of the podcast recording. So I don't know if our kids are going to go to school tomorrow or not. They have, I've got, I made a Valentine's box for crying out loud for my kid and I am not crafty and I'm real proud of it this year. Like, I mean, I was kind of proud of it last year cause I made like a vending machine, but this year I made like a koala face and it looks like just like the picture that my kid wanted and I was like real proud of my crafting skills because I have like zero artistic ability. Like Fred, I'm gonna put you on retainer for next year's Valentine's box because I it was it stressed me out like real bad. But it looks so good. Has she gotten to take it to school yet? No. It's been stuck here. It might get stuck here another day. I'll post a picture of it on the riveted so everybody can see it as a teaser for the episode for this great episode that I can feel it's gonna be right now. <laughs> yes. Right away, we bickered about changing things, and I talked about my crafting ability. Whoa, watch out. This is a lively one, everybody. <laughs> Sounds like an episode of the board game again. <laughs> it's pretty okay. <laughs> I actually wasn't sure how today's episode was going to go, because I, since I got my hair dyed today, I'm like really like high on the fumes <laughs> of my hair dye. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be like normal or if it's going to get crazy. I don't know. Uh, sounds normal. All right. But... Uh... <laughs> With all the fun that we're having right now, we could probably move on. That's Jason's subtle way of saying, shut up, you're making this too long. Talk about the next thing on the outline. <laughs> Shh, you're telling the secrets. <laughs> behind, Ignore the man behind the curtain. 
Um, so let's talk about some news from news people, just from us. And actually, it's not just me. News boys, news boys. Is that copyrighted? Uh, they're not going to copyright their stuff. Come on. It's pretty bad. And they've been missing one of the news boys. And he wasn't even a good news boys contributor. So <laughs> I really feel like I don't want to emulate that at all. News people. <laughs> Stop. Just no, no. Don't. I hope you delete this and post. It's terrible. Um, nope. So you actually have a bit of news. It's not just me talking news this week. Yeah, that's right. I have some news, people. I have some news. So the one game I'm going to talk about is a game that we got a review copy for. I posted a video for on YouTube, and it is a reprint of a Steve Finn game called Capo de Copy, and this version is called Mob Big Apple. And this one's put out by TGG Games. I don't know what those letters mean, but I know that's the name of their company. The Great Game Games. Probably not. Um, it has four days left by the time this episode drops, and it's 30 bucks. Um, so what this game is, is it is a two-player-only game, because Dr. Finn is good with those. He makes a bunch of two-player-only games, and they're all pretty solid, where each player is taking on the role of a different mob family. And what you're trying to do is you are trying to gain control of these six different warehouses to basically steal the contraband after three rounds and what you're going to be doing is you're going to be loading henchmen into cars you're going to be driving those cars to the the different warehouses you may get a mole to come in and you know add some extra people to that warehouse at the end of the three rounds but if you leave your guys in the car too long they could get shot by the opponent they could do a drive-by and all you guys in the car are now dead it's a really cool two-player area control game which doesn't sound like it would work but the way that this one works is really interesting and the production is amazing. The art is really nice. Um, we just have a prototype copy, but it looks like, you know, it looks as good as some finished copies of games that have been coming out. And it is amazing. So Mob Big Apple, if you're a fan of Dr. Finn games or two-player games or mob themes, you should check this one out because it is super good. So four days left, 30 bucks, and that's a deal for as nice of production as this game is. Check it out. Um, well, I... Can't think of any Dr. Finn games off the top of my head. Um, I, I, and Jason also did not play this with me, per usual. I love mobster-themed games, and I did get to look at the art, because I unboxed this, which we also have an unboxing video of this, as well as the actual review. And it is really neat looking. Like, it looks really good. And after last week where I talked about how shallow I am and how I care so badly about what games look like, this one... Looks really cool, like really pretty looking, interesting, all those things. Yeah, it's really good. We'll have to play it. Um, you, I don't know how if you'll, if you'll like it because it's area control, but it's interesting and and you know, I think it, you might at least tolerate it at least. I mean, Godfather is area control, and I like that because it's mob mob. That's true. This one's not even as mean as that one. Oh, okay. Um, so speaking of ugly games, so we go from a game that looks really pretty to a game that I think is hideous. Actually, this looks better than its predecessor. And the next game, which I'm doesn't to- take much, <laughs> right? Which does not take much. Did we mention that predecessor last week? Yes, yeah, it was on the list. Um, so interestingly enough, Ares Expedition is out on Kickstarter, and it is um, a terraforming Mars-like card game. Like it's, it says it's like part of the. How do they phrase that? It basically looks like it's Terraforming Mars, the card game. But they say, oh, it's in the Terraforming Mars universe. So then I think you mean like this universe because Mars is. (laughs) I'm like really confused by that kind of nomenclature. But um, Terraforming Mars is real big on the box. And then underneath in little letters, it says Ares Expedition. And based on what I'm seeing, it's very much like Terraforming Mars. It just kind of helps streamline it like you simultaneously choose um, an action to do, which is still, you know, like, are you going to um, build or produce or research, you know, development, construction, action, production. Those similar phases are still existing in it. Um, it's just like you have a little player board where all these cards go on. And then there still is a board, which is Mars, that you're terraforming and the game ends when Mars is habitable. And there's like a temperature track around it and everything. So it looks very much like terraforming Mars, um, just a little bit streamlined, which 
I have no problem playing Terraforming Mars as as is, especially two player with Jason and I. I could see we have played it, I think, at four players, and it was grueling because people just take forever for some reason on their turns. So if this helps speed it up, like I am all for it. Another kind of interesting thing about this particular one is there is also a co-op mode that exists and a solo mode. And so I know we've got several people who are solo gamers. I do not understand that. I mean, I suppose there are people that play games by themselves. I, I, why would you? Um, but I guess you do. So you can then play Terraform. Can you play the regular Terraform or solo? Yeah, I was just getting ready to say it, it's solo too. Okay, whatever. So you could play a faster solo? I don't know. Um, but it also has co-op, which is a mode that appeals to me because I like playing with people. And I like when everyone gets along. But I also like winning. So it's I'm torn between the competitive part of the game and the cooperative part of the game. But that being said, the artwork actually looks slightly better <laughs> than the original Terraforming Mars. However, I don't know if the component quality has gotten better. Like, I'm hoping that, like, the... Um, Boards are a little bit thicker. It says four dual layer layered player boards. So that I don't believe it. Like even the, like where the capabilities and the production tracks, it looks like it's inset, which would be fantastic because I perpetually have the problem of knocking crap off my player board. This is also why I don't use I don't like stand up player screens. I lean forward, my boobs knock over everything in front of me. And I'm like, crap, I don't remember what I had. So when they actually have stuff that fits inside there, it makes me feel like I can play the game and not blunder through it like Godzilla in Tokyo. So I, that's <coughs> what? Uh, nothing. You know it's true. And if you're going to make an Asian joke, I'm going to be mad. I was not going to make an Asian joke. I was just laughing because you said boobs and then you compared yourself <laughs> to Godzilla. <laughs> You said that like you're 12. You said boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that in my head. But I, I knew it. Um, yeah, I, we could go on. This is a family show. Um, but it does look like the component quality of this is going to be better. Like the tiles and the cards look like they have a, a nicer quality to them, which is one of my biggest, besides the ugly artwork, that is another one of my biggest complaints about the original game, even though I do really like it. Um, so this looks really cool. So Ares Exposition Expedition has 13 days left on Kickstarter. If you just want Ares Exposition, which is a standalone game, it's $39, which seems like a fairly good deal. If you don't have Terraforming Mars and you would like a copy of that also, you can get both that and Ares Expedition for $84. Or if you want to back both of them and you feel sorry for some podcast hosts that don't own Terraforming Mars, I know some that would take it off of your hands. Sure. Yeah. Don't. We'll, we'll trade you. We yeah, have, I didn't mean we like, have a copy I didn't mean play. free. It's just someone else's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have it come to claim it. Yeah. We just have to wait for them to come back and claim it. So we're like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, I forgot we had that even though I look at it every single day. Oh, interesting. Um, and the next game I want to talk about that was on Kickstarter is another new version of a game that already exists. And this is Zombicide, Undead or Alive uh, from Simon. So this is taking Zombicide, which apparently is very popular. Um, Jason says we played it one time and a long time ago, probably when Zombicide first came out. I think there's been a second yep. edition even since then. That's when we played it. It was the new hotness when we played it. That's how long ago it was. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't remember it, and we haven't played it since. I like I vaguely remember some things. Like there are some zombies that are like fatties, and the, like some that crawl, and I, I just kind of remember. But this is taking zombie side and setting it in, a, in the wild west, which I think is super cool because I really like the western theme. I don't really care about zombies, but they've tried to make it better, I guess, for those of us that don't care about zombie themes and put it in a cooler theme. Um, so you can be like a gunslinger or um, a brawler or um, a faithful, like a member of the clergy or like regular townsfolk. Um, and you're battling the zombies. The, they also have a bunch of like unlocked stretch goals that are like specific Western characters like Billy the Kid. Um, they're almost to the Doc Holiday stretch goal. You can get... Um, like Wyatt Earp, you 
can get like a Gatling gun to mow down a bunch of zombies. You can get on the the express, the train, and run over a bunch of zombies. Um, so if you like zombie side and like the Wild West, this might be for you. If you like the idea of zombie side but don't own it and you like Wild West, here is your chance to get like the meeting of two very interesting worlds. Um, so there are 18 days left on that Kickstarter. And because it's from Simon and it's full of miniatures and hunks of plastic, it is $100 for the base pledge. I don't think they know how to make a game that doesn't cost $100. I would like to see one. I feel like that's like their price point. Like, okay, we're going to make a new game. It's going to be $100. What can we put in the box that will make people want to <laughs> pay $100? Yeah, that's how they start. Okay, $100 game. <laughs> What's now it going to be? we need a theme and we need plastic. <laughs> Let's see. Zombies yeah. are good. Yeah, okay. Wild West, good. All right. Miniatures of both of those. Good. $100 go i mean i'm honestly surprised this is going back to stronghold i'm honestly surprised stronghold hasn't done what simon did with zombie side and just slap a different planet like terraforming venus terraforming pluto stuff like that pluto's not a planet anymore um I it think, doesn't matter you can still terraform it i guess it might be more difficult i think terraforming venus would be really interesting because it's like that's considered like earth's twin so after you get past like the noxious um, atmosphere that'll kill you, it could be very Earth-like. And so I think that's worth exploring. But if Stronghold does that, they got the idea from us. I don't want anyone to Copyright, pass. trademark, registered. And I'm going to find somebody to do better at work <laughs> once on the first one. <laughs> so those are my bits of news for this week. All right. So we played some games. We like did. You do. We did play some games. Uh, and one of the games we're going to talk about, well, the first game we're going to talk about is a pirate game. And I think we might have talked about this not long ago, but I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> and, it wasn't last um, week, at least. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't last week. And this game is called Black Fleet. This is from Space Cowboys, I think. That sounds right. And I don't know. you're a pirate in this game. You're trying to go to islands and pick up different type of goods and deliver them to another island that wants those goods, but there's going to be pirates that are trying to steal those goods from you so they can take them to an island and bury them for some money. The goal of the game is you're trying to be the first person to earn enough doubloons to um, pay for all of these cards you have in front of you that are going to give you special powers. And once you've upgraded all those cards, eventually you can pay to influence the queen or the no- nobility. I don't know what they are. And you'll win. You'll end the game. And then if multiple people do it on the same round, whoever has the most money is the winner. It's a silly game. It's pretty quick. It's got some cool card play where you're playing a card to determine how much you can move and which ships you can move and all that. It's it's cool. And it looks really nice. It has good art. It has nice minis. That's right, minis. And it has metal coins that came standard with the game, which is pretty cool. So Black Fleet. What did you think of Black Fleet this time? We played it at three. Four. Four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did play it for you. are right. Yeah. So what do you think about it? I like it. I've always liked this game. Again, like, the component quality is great and the artwork is great. And also, like, it's a game where you attack, but no one gets really upset because if you sink somebody's ship, it comes right back in. Like, and then there's a lot of great card mitigation. Like, once you unlock those powers, that you don't really mind the other stuff. And plus, I win this game pretty much every time because I'm an awesome pirate. Um... So I, like, trounced everybody else, and it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, you get those special power cards, like, random at the beginning. And it just so happened that all of Katie's cards were amazing. <laughs> um, other people had amazing cards, too. Like, I just made the best out of what I had. It's all how you use it. Sure. That's what we'll say. Sure. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. Well, I had to get enough coins to begin with to be able to actually unlock those powers. So I was doing something right without the powers. Yeah, we... It didn't even matter if we sunk your ship. You still got six doubloons every single time. I know Whether was... you delivered or not, it was terrible. That's great. And then and then my merchant could also attack other ships. And then if you sunk my pirate ship and it had loot I stole from somebody, I still got to keep the loot when I came back yeah. on the board. It's crazy. It was Yeah, crazy. it was. We were trying to sink you to keep you from winning, but then it just gave you money anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful That's thing. Terrible. It was like, it was like Master We Played. It's fun. I, I love pirate themes also. Um, there's just... There's just a lot of good things about this game. And it's one of those that, like, we'd like to play a lot of heavy games, but 
Sometimes you just need like something a little lighter and Black Fleet is like a really nice balance between still being fun and engaging, but not being like brain burny. Yep, I agree. All right, so next game we played is a game we played before from Stonemeyer called Tapestry. But this time you got to play it with the Plans and Ploys expansion. Why do you say and you? Have you played it before with the Plans and Ploys yeah, expansion? Yeah, I, I played it I played it solo with it. No. Oh. What people that's how people play that it doesn't make sense to me. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh Tapestry is a great game. Plans and Ploys basically adds more tapestry cards. Um I think it had some new space tiles. And the thing that it adds that is the most interesting, in my opinion, is everybody gets an individual um, landmark that once they hit a certain like goal in the game, they can unlock that landmark and put it on their board. So no one can take it from them. It's theirs. You just have to achieve the goal to get it on your board. Other than that, the game plays effectively the same, just has more stuff going on. So did uh, Plans Employees add anything to this game to you or did it feel the same? It felt the same to me. I mean, really, like, it was nice that there's different stuff to choose from. Like, I took, um, my civilization was aliens. <laughs> like, the aliens are coming and, like, checking stuff out. That was sweet. I think that was a new one. That was sweet. Right, which is cool. Like, I like that there is something new. And so I, I got to play that, which um, on each um, income phase, I got to explore um, a space tile which sometimes you never get to on the actual tracks on the board. So yeah, like that was cool, but it felt the same to me. And I, and I really enjoyed Tapestry. Now, the first time I played it, I did not really enjoy it because the whole time I was like, what the heck is happening? Um, and every time I think I play this game, it really grows on me. Um, and I find different things that I like about it. And I, again, the thing that one of the things that I love is when you can, everyone has like a different way that they can choose to go about getting points and they're all equally valid. Um, so that I do like that about this game. I, I think it still is difficult and sometimes can produce a little AP for me. Um, I guess I don't understand. I don't understand the AP because you're just moving up on one track. I don't know because don't understand that. that's why that's it's because of how you play. You play that you will move up on a single track. Other people play where they're trying to like balance the different tracks and look for different things. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's why I don't have AP because I know I'm just doing military. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Pretty much. Which is why when I got to play the tapestry card that let me not move in the military track but get points off of you moving on the military track, that was a good round for me. Yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> it was awesome. But yeah, I still like it. It's one that I definitely want to keep coming back to because I feel like the more I play it, um, the more nuances I find. And, and I like to try out different ways of getting points and doing things differently. So I, yeah, I liked it. Um, I just think that the plans and ploys, just more of a good thing, but didn't really alter the gameplay for me. Yeah, if you didn't like it, it's not going to make you like it. But if you do like it, it's just more fun stuff to play with. All right, and the last game we're going to talk about of all the games we played is a game we've had for a while. We don't play a ton, but we play it occasionally, and it is called Villainous. Um, kind of controversial game. People either love it or they don't like it. Some people say it outstays its welcome, which I can kind of agree with sometimes, but we played it three-player. Um, and what this game is, is you're taking on a role of a different Disney villain. I was Ursula. I think Katie was uh, Maleficent. The mistress of all evil. The best. And Brandon was Prince John. Is that who he is? Yes, he was Prince John. Hey, good job. I never get that right. And what you're trying to do is you are trying to achieve your win condition before everybody else does. So in Ursula's case, she had to get um, the crown and the trident back to her lair at the start of her turn. Katie needed to do, or Maleficent needed to do, get four curses out on the board or on her player board at the start of her turn. And I think uh, King Prince John needs to have like 20 power or something yes. at the end of his turn. So his is a little different. Mm -hmm. um, and you're doing, you're doing like action selection, like the side in the side fashion where you're taking your pawn, you're moving it to a different section of your player board and whatever place you go to are the actions you can take. You can play cards. You can hit people with heroes on their own deck. So that stops them from being able to use a bunch of activity, um, their action spaces and all that stuff. So I actually kind of liked it better this time, mostly because it was faster and it didn't, it didn't go on forever. 
And I think Ursula is in, is more interesting than some of the other villains that I've played before. So what did you think about it this time? Because again, you play Maleficent Maleficent a lot, so maybe that helps, you know, like the game a little better or something. I don't know. Yeah, I play Maleficent because she's my favorite Disney character, probably period. Because um, she's just awesome. She talks about how difficult it is to be surrounded by idiots who don't do their her bidding correctly. And she wears like purple and black, which is a classic statement, in my opinion. Um, but her her gameplay is very straightforward. So I mostly play with her because I like her. Um, I don't I don't know if it's easier to play her. It's just a much more straightforward way of playing. I've played some of the other decks before. I think the issue is is that a lot of people are drawn to this game because again, the Disney IP is great and. I feel like who doesn't love a good villain? And I, I ultimately like some of the other villains because um, there's there's a new one coming out that has, um, like, Gaston. Gaston. Yeah, and, um, oh, there's a few others. And, like, I'd love to play, like, Radigan. He's in a different box set. You know, there's there's several that are out there that I'd like to play with. Um, but people, so people are drawn to that. And then if you're not a gamer and you try to play this, I feel like it can be overwhelming. Unless you take a very straightforward character like a Maleficent or like a Prince John, where like, here's your goal. You just have to get this, you know, by the end or beginning of your turn. Um, now, but because the card play is unique in each deck. Um, also, I think a lot of people think, okay, I just play my deck and, you know, that's it. But I don't think this game is really played well unless you're paying attention to everyone's turn. And when you're playing your turn, you're announcing the things that you're doing because all of those really are vital to let other people know so they know when they need to um, go to your hero deck and get some cards out to try to stop you or when they need to avoid that because you're looking for a card in your hero deck to come out to, you know, to meet your, your win condition. Um, and I think it can overstay its welcome when people don't know how to play or unfamiliar with it because they're still trying to figure out the nuances of their character and the decks and the goals. Um, and so since we all who are playing had played it before, I think that helped. It helped that we kind of understood how to play our character decks. Um, and I think that makes the game go at a much better pace. And so we've only up till now have played with people who had never played, at least a couple people had never played it before. And I think that just makes it drag out longer and makes what could be a really good game not so good because you don't have that best experience. Yeah, I I do think that for it being sold at Target and having a Disney theme, there are a lot of rules and complications to this game. I do agree with that. And it kind of stinks to be at the mercy of your win condition being involving heroes when you can't control that hero deck. Like, um, some of them you have to have Peter Pan out, and if whoever, whatever character that is, Captain, Captain Hook. Hook. And if no one hits you with a fate, Peter Pan's never going to come out because you can't get him out. So it's, yeah, that's that's the tricky part that I think you really got to understand the ebb and flow of the game to kind of get that. Well, I'm playing with three people made that tighter, so you had to move back and forth between people. Oh, that's true. So that's true. fading was happening more. Um, and also, it reminds me of, like, we bought Vast, the Crystal Caverns, which the game is wicked cool. But again, each player has a completely different win condition, completely different mode of playing. And you basically have to teach it over every time you play it, unless you're playing with people that have played it before. Um, which makes it very difficult to get to the table. And once you do, even if people are interested in, it's like, okay, I have to play my character and your character because you don't understand it yet. And I can't really explain to you how to play your character by telling you how I play my character. Um, and it's the same with Vilness. And I think that's what's really hard when you play games like that. Um, while desperately cool, very difficult to put into practice. Yep, I agree with all that. Okay. All right. Well, that's the games we played. That was a very anticlimactic ending, <laughs> but that's fine. And we yeah. will just <laughs> we will just move on. Oh, so for our feature this week, <laughs> I wanted to move away from something that made me look like a terrible person and talk about something that makes Jason look like a terrible person. Just kidding. What? <laughs> totally kidding. Um, we want to talk about. 
games on a budget. So one of the biggest things I see going around on like board game group, um, like Facebook posts and stuff is all these memes about, you know, teach a man <laughs> or like have a man. Steal a man's, steal a man's wallet. He'll be poor for a day. Teach him how to play board games. He'll be bored for a lifetime. Not bored. Poor. Poor and bored. Not bored. Bored. B-O-A-R-D. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's punny. Oh. It's punny. Stop. Stop talking. Okay. Let me do this. <laughs> but we really have crafted kind of a large collection. I mean, yes, yeah, some of it is through reviewing. Like I always joke, but I'm half serious about why we do the podcasts and reviews and things is because we like free games and going to cons for free. Um, but we do like really bargain hunt for a lot of our games because we just are cheap. Jason is cheap in nature. And, um, you know, we just don't have a lot of extra money to throw on. That's why we laugh about a hundred dollar Kickstarters. Cause we're never going to do that. Um, seriously, Jason's limit for buying a board game is $40. It used to be 50, but I've downgraded. He, he really has. That's because we had two kids now instead of one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we had one kid who was 50 we had the second one we're like oh we really gotta cut back somewhere <laughs> but we we wheel and deal we budget um we look for good deals on games so i thought why don't we talk about what are the best games are a budget on a budget how do you get the most bang for your buck um out of board games and so the ones we're going to look at tonight are games that you can find at like basic kind of mainstream outlets like Amazon, like your Walmart, like, um, you know, your basic board game publisher websites. So that's where we looked for these. Um, the secret is you can really find games a lot cheaper if you, one, are willing to trade. That's what we do with a lot of our games. Um, as much as I sometimes get annoyed at board game geek, um, Using that and putting a list out of what you're willing to trade and looking for trades on there is a great way to um, update your collection at a you know a relatively low cost and kind of get rid of things that you're not using and, and putting them in hands of people who will like them and want to play with them. Um, people also sell on the geek market used games. Like we don't get a ton of brand new games if we're going to actually buy them ourselves. We we'll go to the geek market. And we've had really good success there. Um, and we look at a couple other places for cheap games. Shh, don't tell them. Jason's favorite secret place is Shop Goodwill. No, not going to edit it out. Bleep me. I dare you. <laughs> yeah, and you can also get good deals at like um, half price books. People are always taking in used games. They're, you can find some decent ones in there for, you know, five, ten bucks, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but tonight we want to talk about games at the $20 price point, the $30 price point, and the $40 price point um, to just give you some ideas of, hey, I want a good game. I don't want to spend a ton of money. I, you know, I'm not Tim Aberley and I'm just rolling in the Benjamins and I can just throw them out on hunks of plastic. You know, we are looking for getting you good games at a very reasonable price. Yep. And that's what we do. So that being said, I feel like I should start this since I'm the cheapo. Of course, cheapo. Get your crowbar out and tell us. <laughs> this is Jason's uh, favorite section. $20. $20 or less. Uh, but before I go on, you said something about um, we always like to find cheap games. I was browsing through Twitter and this guy said, hey, I found this game for $1.25. And this other person said, for $1.25, it's got to be good. <laughs> That is Jason's motto. I know. I always commented, you're not wrong. It's actually. cheap. It's ugly. Are those tracks and nobles I see? Sold. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, for a buck, you can get some enjoyment out of it. It might not be a great game, but it'll be worth playing once. All right, so to get started, my $20 or under game that I want to talk about is a game that we just picked up last year. Got it for my birthday, and it is called Silver and Gold from Pandasaurus. It is currently going for $15 on Amazon. It's actually like $14, like $74 or something like that. $15. And this is a flip and write where you're flipping some cards and you're um, marking that shape on your little player board. You're trying to dig for buried treasure and you're trying to just fill in your card to score some points. It's super easy. It's super fast, but it's really fun. So if you want a quick playing game, 
that you can take anywhere and play because it's in a small card box and just a couple markers. This is one you should check out. So silver and gold, 15 bucks. Yeah, it's a really good game. I I was really like resisting the whole ripping, flipping ripping right, right. <laughs> ripping right, flipping right, rolling right stuff because I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone seriously, are you making these games? Um, but this one is is really fun, and we've introduced it to some like non gamers. It's easy to pick up. It's got that kind of um, lightly pirate theme where you're looking for treasure on an island. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I love it. So I had two games on my list for under 20, but I realized one is not under 20. One's between 20 and 30. So I guess technically it should go on my 30 games. <laughs> that's right. Game you're, you're, you're breaking the rules. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Okay, so I'll talk about my game that's under $20. And that game is Shipwreck Arcana. Um, this is by Merrimorph Games. I realized <laughs> on the show outline, Jason, I think, thought that I was putting in the um, publishers of these games, but I wasn't. I was putting in the other websites that you could get them at. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, because that is Miramorph. That is the publisher of that game. It is, which is why you can buy it on their website <laughs> for that's $16. Funny. Yeah, I really thought you were trying to like actually you know, put research down there. Uh, no, not yet right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even tell you who designed this. I couldn't tell you who illustrated it. Crap. Uh, no, so Shipwreck Arcana, you can get it on the publisher's website, Merrimorph Games, for $16. I think it's other places for just as cheap. Um, Shipwreck Arcana is a deduction cooperative game about numbers, which if someone said that to me, I would be like, okay, okay, ugh, because I'm so not a numbers person. But I do love deduction, and the way that this game goes about it is really cool. So... Each person will reach into a bag and um, pull out two tiles. And on the tiles are numbers between one and nine, right? Seven. One and seven. Crap. One and seven. <laughs> I couldn't remember the highest number. Um, one tile will go face down, and that is the secret number. That's the number that everyone is working to try and guess. The other tile you use to place on a series of some face-up tarot cards that will help your other your fellow players narrow down what number you have and then they give you like tiles from one to seven to use as like a number line so that you guys can flip them over as you eliminate things um based on the clues you're given so okay maybe i have a seven and in my hand i've got a five and so it says one of the the clues may say um the number is greater than you know five or whatever so then I place my second tile on top of the clue that is trying to help everyone get what my number is. And so there's like a track. Is it a doom track? Yes, doom track. That, that moves around. And so you're trying to really, uh, you're trying to guess. You're trying to take, take your tr- the track the other way? Or you're moving a separate track? Separate track, right? It's on the same track, but you're trying to get your points, which is the green token, to seven, I think, before the doom marker hits seven. Hit seven. So it's like a race, and like um, each number has a certain like number of pips on it. When you place it on one of the, what do they call those thing? The tarot cards. Uh, oh, shoot, shoot. I, I can't remember now. Yeah, that's like the the yeah the crux of the game. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Whatever they are. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna come to me like in the middle of the night and we laying in bed going, Oh yeah, they're called blah, whatever it is. But they will fade and cause Doom to go up if you are placing a bunch of tokens on them. So there there's a timer to the game. It's never you know, doesn't go very long at all. You're like racing against this timer. You're like, okay, do we just guess because we're gonna run out of time anyway if we don't make a good guess? Um, you're working together, you're talking things out, you're like, okay, now wait. So if it has to be twice the number that was placed on there, it could be this or this. It's great deduction. It's nice that you have people helping you work together. The artwork like on this is phenomenal. It's so, so pretty. It's very like minimalistic and like, oh, it has this like classic look to it. And I, I should be able to think what art style it's in, but I can't right now. 
um, but it's really pleasant, pleasing to look at. It's a very easy game to teach people, but it also does require some brain power as you're like trying to deduce what number the people have and like, is it worth a guess or is it not? Um, you also, when these, whatever they're called, fade, you get... I think. I think they're called fate cards. Yes. When the fate cards fade, you get powers, special powers that you could use and cash in to help you in your guesses. Um, and again, it's just a small little box game, real easy to take anywhere. It's one of those that you could like pull out at a restaurant and play while you're waiting for your food to come. Um, and as soon as you finish it once, you're like, oh, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Like, it's just a, a lot. It's a really good game for just $16. So that's Shipwreck Arcana from Marimorph Games. It is really good. I totally agree. And it it's really nice looking, too. The box is nice. Everything is good about it. And I just pulled it up on BGG, and it's rated 813, which is super high for this, I think. Yeah, for just a little $16 awesome. game. Like, yeah. It's good. It's a really good game. Art Deco. It has a little bit of an Art Deco style, I would say. Sure, yeah. That's exactly what I would say. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. Fred. <laughs> Fred only Fred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it looks like we're moving into the $30 games. This is where Jason starts getting squeamish. Yeah, I'm already starting to get nervous. Um, so this is basically from tw- in between 20 and 30, because um, my game is not exact. It's a one penny off from 30, so it's twenty nine ninety nine, And it is on Amazon, and it is called Dice Forge Woo-woo. from... Lib Libelude, I think, is the company. Yeah, and this is a game where you're basically do- buying faces for your dice. You're going to customize your dice, and they're going to be different than everybody else's. And as you roll them, they're going to give you points. Could give you resources. Could give you gold. Could give you um, attack where you can hit other people to steal some of their stuff. Just a an interesting game. And all you're doing is rolling dice, or you may be moving your little meeple around the board to buy some cards to score some points to get some special powers. You're always doing something on everybody's turn. It's fun to pop those die faces off and put new ones on there. It's just nice. The dice feel good. The artwork is gorgeous. The production is amazing. Everything about this game is awesome. And for 30 bucks, that's a deal. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in this game. A lot of pieces. A lot of really nice quality. $30. You can't go wrong. So if you, if you like dice games, you like cool games that are different and that look nice on the table, Dice Forge is your game. Amazon. Yeah, this is also a really great game to introduce to like people like to kind of level them up in gaming a little bit because it's got that thing where everyone is rolling at the same time. So and you're getting stuff. So you're always involved and engaged, even if it's not your specific turn. Like I just feel like and then and then once you do that, the gameplay is simple. Do I buy new sides to my dice or do I buy a card? Like, what I want to do here. I, yeah, it's good. It's so good. I love Dice Forge. I have several on the $30 game list. One of them breaks the rules and is $31. But I really want to talk about it anyway because I think it's a super deal. So my first one slightly breaks the rules. So for $31 on Amazon, you can get the game Newton. This game is dope. I love this game. Um... Basically, what I did to try and figure out what games I wanted to put on this list was I took my top 100 and I started at the top and I looked up every single stinking one to see which ones fell into a a very good budget range. And I realized, wow, some of the games that I really love are now out of print and they're ridiculously expensive. Um, Others, I thankfully have been gifted or we got in a trade or something um, to make them better. But Newton is like a top five game for me. Top 10 for sure game for me. Um, It's from some of the Italians designers. Hopefully not the racist ones. Um, But it's it's a really good game that I don't really understand what theme is trying to unify it. Um, but you are doing a lot of different things. You are moving around this map and going to different places on the map. You're moving up these tracks as you're learning things. Um, you are placing books in your bookshelf to get bonuses, just lots of different stuff happening. I think it's all under the name of science, like improving science and growing in your knowledge or whatever. Um, really great fun game. Lots of stuff to it. I mean, huge board. You have this really cool mechanism of um, placing cards 
from a deck. It's so there's a really light deck building mechanism um, to playing these cards that allow you to take your what you do to take your actions and choose what actions you're going to select during that um, round. Like it's there's a lot of great stuff going on for this game, and for thirty one dollars, that is a steal. A steal. I guess we yeah, should. Yeah, I I agree. I guess we should mention that all these prices are at the time of the podcast. So don't get mad at us if you go and try to look these up and they suddenly become more expensive. Yep. But anyway, um, so yes, that's breaking the rules. Sorry. So I have two others for this $30 games. Clearly, like, and Jason's like, oh, I have a bunch for under 20. And I was like, I have a bunch that are like 40 and $30. So that kind of reflects who we are as people. <laughs> Another game that we really love that's 30 bucks on Amazon is Godfather. And also... Corleone's Empire, you could get Godfather probably cheaper elsewhere. At one point in time, it was like on sale at like surplus, like like Marshalls and places like yeah, that for yeah. like wicked cheap. So I think there's a lot out there in the trade world um, or on the geek markets. But even brand new, $30, Amazon Godfather, you know, you are battling for control of different areas of New York. It's got minis. I mean, you have your own little mob family and then you're doing basically like a your like contract fulfillment. So you're going around shaking down these different businesses, getting the items you need to complete contracts so that you can, you know, take the cannoli, you can, you know, blow up a car bomb, you can, you know, do a shakedown, bootleg whiskey, all this stuff. It's just really fun. Like, you can get into the theme and make it, like, a good time for only $30. Like, and it is a big box of a game. And it's got, like, the minis are pretty cool. Like, all the family members look different from the different families based on whatever, like, color you choose to play. Like, I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I love Godfather. I totally agree. You should buy this one for sure if you're looking to spend 30 bucks. But that is probably right at the top, capping out at $30. So for a probably much more Jason-friendly option, between $20 and $30 is a game that I really enjoy. And it's called Campy Creatures. And Campy Creatures is a simultaneous action selection game. It has this really neat mechanism, kind of like Libertalia does. And there are other games that do this, where you have a hand of cards. Everyone has the same hand of cards. And in Kibby Creatures, there are all these cool classic, um, like, horror film creatures, like Swamp Thing and um, Gojira and King Kong. And um, you are, they each have a different power. And you're trying to play a creature in order to get these, like, what, innocent civilians or whatever? Like, innocent bystanders? Yeah, bystanders. Yep. Um, you're trying to collect as many as you can. They're going to give you different points. Um, there are some other things that you can collect, too, besides bystanders. Um, I forget what other cards come out. There's, like, teenagers. Oh, yeah. Uh, engineers. It's a, it's a whole bunch. You're, you're collecting humans, but there's different types of humans. Yeah, and so you're doing them to, like, end up to get the points off of collecting these different kinds of humans. And so you want to win out so that you get you know, first choice to get the most points for the different humans that you're going to collect um, while playing these really fun creatures with cool powers. And you're, you're trying to like outthink your opponents. Like, okay, what are they going to play? And once you play a card in that round, it's, it's out for the round. So you're like, okay, what have they played? What's still left? Do I think they're going to play this card this time? Or am I going to beat them? Super fun, really easy. You can get it at um, Barnes & Noble website. You can get it off Keymaster's website, who is a um, per, the <coughs> publisher. But Campy Creatures, 25 bucks, a great game. Oh, yeah. Keymaster is amazing. Every game they put out is awesome. And this game has amazing art and is just really fun to play. All right, so now we're moving on to the expensive games <laughs> that are right at the top of my budget. Um, Jason but starts I found, sweat. His butt, butt cheeks are clenching. He doesn't like yeah. that. But I did find one. I found one that's in between 30 and 40 that I think is a solid deal because it has like every game mechanism known to man in it. <laughs> and it is called The Taverns of Tiefenthal from North Star, I think is the American distributor. I think that's right. And it's on Amazon, thirty four ninety nine again at the time of the podcast. I know once everybody hears this podcast, there's going to be a mad run on Taverns of Tiefenthal. So all three, all three copies that are available, 
you know, because, only, you know, that's how many people are going to run out and get it are going to be gone. But what this is, is this is a, a deck building, dice drafting, um, worker allocation, <laughs> uh, resource management, hand management, uh, hand management, <laughs> uh, player board upgrade game. It has everything, everything you could want in a good Euro game. This game has. And it's you're basically trying to upgrade your tavern to make it more efficient so you can get more points to get more customers to come in. You're trying to get better cards into your deck to make your turns better because your starting cards are terrible. So you want to have better cards come in so you can make the best of your turn and have, you know, more stuff going on. It's a it's got some push your luck in it too, because what comes out of the deck might not be good, but you're stuck with it. It's it's crazy. So if you like um all that stuff that I just said and crazy games that have everything but the kitchen sink in it, this would probably be one you should check out. It's really good. It's really fun. Um, it comes with five different modules, so you can, like, you know, play it base game. You can add a couple modules in if you want, however you want to play it. So Taverns of Tiefenthal, thirty four ninety nine Amazon. So good. Yeah, it's a good game. We haven't played this in a while. We need to get this back out. I know. I actually thought about it, but last time Brandon was over, I don't think he loves it that much, so we'll probably have to play it by ourselves. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I have two games for the under $40 category, and they both are under $40. I didn't cheat. Wow, good job. Hey, you didn't break the rules. Good I job. didn't, and I really like both these games. And the first one is real close to the $40 mark. It's $39.99, and you can get it um, on Walmart's website for $39.99. And it is Rajas of the Ganges. This is also, um, like, a, it's not really dice drafting. It sort of is. <laughs> You're using dice as your workers. And so you take dice from a pool, which you have to get dice um, in order to then get more dice. And you're going to roll them whatever number they roll in. That's what you use to decide even some places where you can go to place those workers or what that kind of action you're going to take. And you're doing this race between getting money and getting points. And so they, you start at opposite ends of the tracks and you're trying to make the tracks meet and then eventually overlap as you are um, like building tiles out on your board, as you're moving your like boats along the river, as you are getting goods from like these little tents and markets and places like there's a lot of stuff going on on the board. It looks really pretty. The dice are really nice and they're pretty like jewel tone colors. Um, the way you use them is really great. Um, it's just a really clever, fun game. The first player marker is this really cute like cardboard elephant that you construct as three dimensional. And I just always, whenever I'm first player, just make it run around my board because that's what I do. It's, it's great. It's such a good game. And for $39.99, it is well worth that for everything that comes in there. It's a good-looking game. It's super fun. Like, just worth so many replays. I really enjoy Roger the Ganges. I do not know. In my mind, I can see the logo of the publisher, and it's, yeah, it's blue. It's, it's R&R Games in America. And I think... No, in, that's not how I thought it was. <laughs> in, in other countries, it's Huck. Which is the blue one, H-U-C-H. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I'm not sure who is the main publisher, but I know R&R is in America. I think I saw the other, the Huck one on ours, but, and that's that's right at, at the $40 mark. Another game, and this game is not like a super new hotness, but I think it came out in 2019, maybe? Maybe 2020? Well, uh, I think it's actually 2020. Let's look it up. So watch out, a new game. And it is $37 on the Amazons. Also, we are not affiliated with Amazon. We are not directly in the payroll of Jeff Bezos. This is a disclaimer. We just are cheapskates who <laughs> purchase things as cheaply as we can get. Yeah, I have I have no qualms with um, shopping on Amazon. I know some people do, but it's just, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, this game is from 2020. Okay, it's games for 2020. And it is Santa Monica. Santa Monica is such a fun little game. It's like a tableau builder. And in some ways, it should be, if you're playing it right, an engine builder where you are trying to draft um, cards to go on your boardwalk and along your beach that have different items on there. Um, 
they have different symbols based on like what kind of activity may be taking place on the beach or what kind of shop is on the boardwalk. And you've got a goal that you're trying to get based on some of those symbols. You are um, moving tourists around, trying to get them to different activities to score you points. You're trying to move like your locals to certain local hangouts to score you points. Um, you're trying to get different waves on the beach that'll add up for points. You're collecting sand dollars, um, in order to use them to use these specialty cards that'll allow you to kind of break the rules a little bit and get, get some extra cards out to rearrange maybe your beach or your boardwalk. Um, it's like a really relaxing game in that you're just like drafting a card to place either on your beach or your boardwalk, but there are a lot of really key decisions like, okay, where, what do I need next? Where does this need to go? Do I want to buy like another, you know, sunglasses symbol or do I need to put in like a shopping bag symbol? Um, is it going to give me a bunch more tourists? Am I going to be able to move them to the spots they need to? Because you don't automatically get to move people around to where they need to go. Like there's a lot of great decision making that goes on in this very deceptive game. This is an AEG game. I do know that. And it's really You're right. It is an AEG game. Yay. It's really, really pretty. Like it has really cute artwork. Um, the sand dollars and the t- are really like feel nice. Chunky little tourists. There's even like a little food truck, little 3D food truck that I like to drive around. Um, the color palette is really pleasing. Like it's just a pretty game. Um a very simple game to teach, but also, you know, there's a lot that you can re- that really goes into playing this game. I really like it. I really, really like it. Um, so check out Santa Monica, thirty-seven bucks on Amazon, and I think a few other places too. It's it's just it's under that forty dollars price point. Yeah, if you wouldn't have put this on your list, I was going to snag it. But since you had like five items in each one, <laughs> I just picked something else. Well, I said I was putting a bunch on there and that you could take them if you wanted to because I was doing my research. I did take Dice Forge. I stole that one from you. But the other ones I actually put on there on my own. Yeah. Now, you know, if you don't want to shop at a big box store, that's fine. We talked about several of these publisher websites, you know, have these cheap, cheaper games on them. Go check out those websites. Again, look at Geek Market. Check out Shop Goodwill. Um, you know, put up for trade on BGG. Uh, you know, stock half price books, you know, shelves. Feel free to do that because, like, this is a great hobby. This is something that you can share with people that can help bring different ages and races and groups together um, that gets us away from screens and lets us be with people. And it doesn't have to break your bank. Like, it doesn't. You can play good games on a budget. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about getting games new. And I don't even care if boxes are dinged up. As long as everything inside is fine and it has all the components, I'm good to go. Because I don't need to play. I don't need the box to play the game. So if I can get a game for cheap just because it's a little dinged up or doesn't look great, I'm in. So, yeah. Yeah, and I know that there are, there are other games out there that are good deals. So what are your good deals on games like i just again went down my top 100 and so once i got you know a couple in each category i stopped because i know there are so many more because we are definitely all about you know doing basically board game dumpster diving so tell us what your best deals are on games now we've had some like one-of-a-kind deals we got blackfeet for like five dollars um but that was like a we snagged it off of a sale table on black friday um because no one had heard of it at the time But I'm talking about, like, where can we go right now and buy a good game that is good that's not going to be $100, $50? So tell us on Facebook. You know, comment underneath the episode. Definitely, if you're not a part of our hashtag, the Riveted Facebook group, you need to be. Awesome people there talking about games um, and and pretty much only games because that's what we care about, (laughs) playing games. Find us on Instagram, on Twitter. Apparently, a lot of people follow us on Twitter. I don't know why. I don't, um, I'm not in control of our Twitter account. So everything that's out there is all Jason. So I've hey. shifted a lot of the focus to Twitter because it's growing. So yeah, I'm trying to put a little more effort into Twitter. I was telling Jason I was going to do like a board game mechanics like TikTok, but I think <laughs> like most of our listening demographic is like, we don't do TikTok. And I don't really either. 
Um, also on YouTube, we I know our episodes are out there on YouTube, so comment on our episode. Again, you need to like and subscribe to our channel because we are, Jason is, I don't say we, Jason is putting out videos all the time of reviews. Um, I keep meaning to do more and I just, I just don't. I just, because uh, I'm a terrible person. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but definitely check out our YouTube page. Stuff is up there all the time. Um, yeah, I want to, I, we love to hear a good deal on a board game. So please, please, please tell us. Yeah, if you find a good deal and there's only a few of them left, don't tell me because I'll snag it. <laughs> That's true. Jason will snipe a deal. Like he will like set an alarm, get up in the middle of the night if he has to. Like he is serious about not spending any more than he has to for anything. Mall Madness, $30. Okay. It's like 150, it's going for 150 on eBay. That's a deal. Yes. Now, if you could only snag me the dream phone that I want. I'm trying. I'm working on it. And the clue, the clue junior, the case of the missing pet. Working on it. I'm nostalgic. All right. We have derailed. My hair dye fubes are getting to me. (laughs) It's time to say so long. News boys. No, no, we cannot. No. Number one, I make fun of them regularly for that. So I don't want to give it any more (laughs) airtime. Number two... It's a ripoff of another show, Board Game Rundown. Check them out if you want. Number three, they ripped it off of Wayne's World. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. That's why that sounds familiar. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so dumb sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Say goodnight, Jason. <laughs> On that note, uh, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. I'm so dumb. (laughs) And do it cheaply. (laughs) 